0: walk down the street to begin for it no sound but the sound of speech machine guns ready to go
1: Are you ready hey are you ready for this are you hanging on the edge of your seat? i'll let down with the fullest spit the sound of the big yeah. another one bites the dust and another one bites the dust welcome to week 3 of the Kingsman Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Norlock, coming out of Austin, Texas, and week three is in the books. It's uh, officially gone. We are excited about today's show. I've got a guest coming on a little bit later that I think is going to wow everybody. Uh, So I know people are going to be hanging on the edge of their seats once we bring this guest on. Super exciting uh, that he was able to clear his schedule. Very busy individual. So... Excited that he's uh, made some time to come on the show. Um, before we dive on in, we want to uh, to thank our sponsor for today's podcast, In and Out. All right. Thank you in and out for your sponsorship. We appreciate it uh, and and certainly look forward to future sponsorship opportunities. Let's dive on in here. A lot to unpack in this week. Um, A lot of things happened. Obviously, the standings are beginning to slowly sort themselves out. Teams are beginning to find their stride. Others are, are figuring out how to manipulate or work through a roster that's dealing with injuries and benching and and all sorts of things that are going on in the league so we're going to unpack all of those as we kind of inch our way through Um, to get started I always love starting with this week's studs and duds the first stud of the week is none other than the reigning Super Bowl MVP and if you watched him on Monday Night Football was incredible that's from our boy Patrick Mahomes Pat Mahomes completed 31 of 42 passes for 385 yards and four touchdowns in the Chiefs' 34-20 win over the Ravens. He also added a rushing touchdown, which was the very first touchdown of the game. Now, I don't know if any of you guys follow the uh, sports betting on Bleacher Report, but there was an individual who placed a bet, it's a $1,000 bet for Mahomes to score the first touchdown of the game. It was crazy odds. Uh, It was like uh, three thirty-two hundred to 1. The guy ended up paying off a $36,000 ticket. So definitely cashed out on that one, all because Patrick Mahomes just absolutely lit up the Ravens. Um, Very interesting uh, statistic I ran across about when a reigning MVP, which would be Lamar Jackson, plays a reigning Super Bowl. MVP. So this has only happened four times previous to last night. Uh, if you go back to 1993, Steve Young was the MVP, playing Super Bowl MVP, Troy Aikman. 2004, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. 2012, Aaron Jones versus Eli Manning. 2017, Matt Ryan versus Tom Brady again. Here's the interesting statistic. Every single Super Bowl MVP has won that matchup including Pat Mahomes from last night. And for his over 50-point performance, he is our number one stud of the week. Our number two stud of the week comes from none other than Alvin Kamara or Kamara, however you would like to say that. Alvin rushed only six times for 58 yards, but this this is not a receiver statistic here. He caught 13 of 14 targets for 139 yards and two touchdowns. The Saints ultimately did lose to the Packers, but there was a dazzling play. 52-yard play, if you saw this in the game, very end of the third quarter, New Orleans is down by a touchdown, 52 yards on a swing pass that never should have got a gain, yet I counted seven guys that literally fell off Kamara like butter. It was incredible to watch. It was a super exciting and fun run, especially if you saw that live, uh, just the way the gun, the game was unfolding. Saints were coming back. Obviously tied the game there with that play. Weren't able to sustain, but very, very exciting game to watch. And, um, and certainly good to see Kamara just blow up and, and obviously his highest point total of the year. Our third stud is the first repeat stud of the week. Um, and yes, I am probably biased, but it's also my podcast and I can do what I want. It's going to come from none other than Russ, the bus Wilson, who completed 27 of 40 passes for 315 yards and count them five. It's the number of fingers you have on your hand, five touchdowns and the Seahawks week three win over the Cowboys. Um, Russ is cooking. Everyone can smell what Russ is cooking. He's currently fantasy number one player. He's averaging 43.63 points per game, just ahead of Josh Allen, who is averaging 41.36. Russ draws a date with the Miami Dolphins next week, um, which is just set to be another feasting, which I'm very excited about. I also want to give an honorary shout-out to Russ's boy, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett caught 9 of 13 targets for 100 yards and 3 touchdowns. Um, He posted 37 fantasy points this week, which is actually the second highest wide receiver single-game output since Devontae Adams in Week 1, who put up 41 points. Those are your studs of the week. As we move over to duds, we have to start on the Kingsman here, and it's our boy Darren Waller. Darren Waller, after seeing 16 targets in Week 2, caught 12 receptions, was limited to four targets, only two catches for a total of nine yards. Um, both of those receptions came late in garbage time. He was actually sitting on a blank to zero for 98% of the game. And it was really clear and evident that Belichick just outschemed Gruden and the Raiders. Um, it happens every time we go to New England for whatever reason. Uh, we just cannot compete. And as a Raider fan, it was painful to watch. I actually had to uh, shut the door, go out in the garage, and, and work on a project because I just couldn't watch it anymore. For that, Darren, you are the dud of the week. Number two comes out of Denver, Melvin Gordon, who has just not showed up. Um, he's been uh, lukewarm at best this year. Melvin Gordon had eight carries for 26 yards uh, in a Week Three loss against the Bucks and Tom Brady. For that, Melvin Gordon, you are the number two dud of the week. And number three, I may get some flack for this one, but I think that uh, it also comes from that Raiders-New England game. I'm going to put Cam Newton on a dud of the week. Now, I know it's a bit aggressive. so still can't, had 17 fantasy points. He completed 17 of 28 passes for 162 yards and a touchdown. But he also threw an interception. Um, and the way that the gameplay managed, obviously, they just continued – to feed Rex Burkhead, who went for 36 fantasy points, was an absolute stud. The only reason he didn't make the stud of the week, well, nobody's rostering him, and I can't give much credit to anybody. I bet he is one of the top three wire pickups this week. I have to read off a statistic, and this is this is going to qualify for stat of the week. Um, I know that I have mentioned Cam in the past. I actually have two stats of the week, which are interesting in their own regard. The first is is going to come from Cam Newton, and I'm going to read you a list of all of the quarterbacks who have signed deals for more guaranteed money than Cam Newton this year. These are all that are making more than Cam Newton. Andy Dalton, Blaine Gabbert, Brett Hundley, Colt McCoy, Jeff Driscoll, Chase Daniel, Marcus Mariota, Case Keenum, A.J. McCarran, Chad Henney, Matt Schaub, Matt Barkley, and none other than five-pick Nathan Peterman. All of those guys have deals more in guaranteed money than Cam Newton does this year. Boom. The other stat that I just have to read to you, and it comes from my newly acquired uh, Atlanta Falcons connection, uh, Matt Ryan. Over the past 20 seasons, there's not a single team that has ever blown multiple 15-point fourth quarter leads in an entire year. And the Falcons have done it in back-to-back weeks. I don't know what the deal is, and I don't, understand how they can just stop playing in the fourth quarter but this is a habit and it's a bad one and and clearly a difficult one to break that is your stat of the week okay gang before we dive into the review of this week's matchups we have to address something that uh obviously the biggest impact on our league uh the big news out of tennessee is that Now, reportedly, nine total personnel from the Tennessee Titans have tested positive for COVID-19. That number was uh, seven earlier. Uh, Two more cases have been added. One was a player. Now, to this date, the the players, as I understand them, uh, are a long snapper, uh, a backup, and then someone on the practice squad, So certainly no fantasy implications as far as a COVID IR goes. However, certainly big fantasy implications looms because uh, as of earlier today, the NFL has decided to postpone the Titans-Steelers game. Titans-Steelers game uh, is going to be postponed until Monday, potentially Tuesday with some other backup contingencies. We'll have to watch that and keep a close eye on that. Um, But certainly the biggest news out of the NFL today. As we move on into our week-by-week matchups, we're going to start uh, by one that was certainly good for him to get his first win and and probably came off a big surprise. Got to give a shout-out to my boy Raiders Hater Nation. Hater Nation coming in at a 17-point underdog. Uh, traded away his two best players to me last week, um, and and it didn't matter. Uh, Hater Nation put together an excellent game plan moving forward. Was certainly outmatched, and it's been uh, a rough past few weeks for the rough riders. As we look into this, this matchup, um, obviously Tom Brady, we knew he was going to dominate against that Denver defense. Threw for 297 passing yards and three touchdowns. A total of 25 completions there. Uh, Very good for Hater Nation. And a nice adieu as he actually made a trade this week, sending Tom Brady and, uh, and basically gathering a ton in return. And he didn't stop there at Tom Brady. He also looked on his roster and said, Who else can I sell high in the next lineup? was Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett coming off his huge week, three three touchdowns, 100 receiving yards on nine catches, sold to Mike this week in a deal where uh, Hater Nation is, is clearly banking on a 2021 season, but still managing to beat the initial Power 1 rankings Rough Riders. Um, as we kind of dive into the Rough Riders and try to understand, like I still love his team. I think that there's a lot of opportunity here. It's just the injury bug. I mean, if a couple of different things went his way, Cam Newton doesn't have a an absolutely crap game. Um, obviously, without Devontae Adams and Christian McCaffrey, it really becomes difficult to see a consistency in this offense. But you got to believe that Jarek McKinnon is going to be coming back despite what's going on in that backfield. We hope – Uh, that Chris Carson is not seriously injured after that dirty play on Sunday. And and Michael Gallup had probably his biggest game. I can't say that we're going to see that with any sort of regularity, but I'm I'm still not selling on Kevin. I believe that this team has a lot of firepower and can make a run for the stretch. But in this matchup, Hater Nation moves on, gets the dub, uh, a nice four-point victory after a close loss last week. Wash that bitterness out of his mouth. As we look ahead to Week Four, Hater Nation draws the winless Bon Jovi, um, which is actually a projected matchup to be dead heat right now. Uh, and the Rough Riders move on to that uh, inner, inner family rivalry, the Hit Parade. As we move on to our our next game in the week, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, and break down Bon Jovi versus the good guys Um, certainly was good. Robert has now strung back to back victories. This was a 174 to 136 beatdown on the back of our stud of the week, Patrick Mahomes. Congratulations to Patrick and Brittany, by the way, Patrick is expecting their child. So you got your half a billion dollar man who's recently engaged lighting up the NFL and is soon to bring another one of those kids into the world. Mahomes, congratulations. He goes to 385 yards, four passing touchdowns, an initial rushing touchdown, um, and absolutely lights up the Ravens, clearly establishing that Kansas City is not only the defending Super Bowl champions, they are head and shoulders above any competition in the NFL right now. They're clicking on a different level. Although they had a, a staggering game that was quite difficult that led to overtime against the inner um, division rival Chargers last week, They just dominated and clearly shut down the Baltimore Ravens, who I believe will also be a playoff team this year. Not only did we see 50 points out of Mahomes, but we saw 40 points out of Prescott. So Robert is paying off here, right? He made a lot of moves to get these top two quarterbacks that are are definitely the leaders of the team, and these guys are carrying this team. We're starting to see them click. Dak Prescott throws for almost 500 yards, 472 passing yards, three touchdowns on 37 completions. Um, and really, the bright spot of this of this entire team. Obviously, we get into the receivers. That's where the question marks uh, really do come into play for the good guys. It's about sustainability there. The receivers combined for just twenty points themselves. Um, it's hard to know what's going to happen in Carolina. It seems like it's up and down each and every week. And certainly you like the, the the production that McLaurin's getting in Washington just by sheer volume. He is the number one guy there. But you do have questions. Washington welcomes a pissed-off Baltimore this week. So you're pretty pretty uh, up in the air about what we're going to see out of that offense. Joe Mixon seriously has not delivered at the level that I know Robert has expected him to another 10 point week and and certainly a little disappointing. Um, We'll see how that situation continues to plan out, but I got to say a surprise here is, is, Robinson who's established himself as the lead guy in Jacksonville ran for two touching touch, two rushing touchdowns, 83 reception yards and 46 rushing yards. So certainly impressive that he is now the number one. I don't know if we'll continue to see that moving forward, Certainly a draw against Miami played well into that. But you look at his his next few weeks here, and you've got a winless Cincinnati. You've got a winless Houston and a a terrible Detroit team. I mean, James Robinson could be the dude that's posting 30-point numbers for the next three weeks, which would certainly put the good guys in a great position, flipping the script over here to the other side. Um, and, and it's, it's tough for Blake. It's tough sledding. I don't think it's going to get much easier. Um, and unfortunately, when you look at the team, there's just guys that aren't putting together the showing that we need. And so, uh, unfortunately Blake stays at the bottom of the column there with, uh, without a win, um, As I said, next week, Blake will move on to take on Hater Nation, who's coming fresh off of his win. And the good guys will move on to a huge matchup between third and fourth place. The Dictator currently projected within a point of each other. Really looking forward to that matchup. I think that's actually going to be the matchup of the week next week. Whoever wins that will be establishing themselves, um, putting them right there in, in contention for this championship. All right, let's move on to the next matchup here uh, in Fantasy Gods West, and that is going to be the Mambas versus the Dictator. So, we had uh, Tony on the show last week and certainly was disappointed by the outcome. Uh, Of course, he's got his one win over Ryan this year, but has now faced back to back losses. Uh, on the other side, you've got a dictator who put up 185 points, beat his projection by 14 points, um, and you've got someone on the surge and someone on the fall. And so well, what I look at this is I'm, I'm scared by this dictator team, and let me tell you why. Uh, Lamar Jackson had his worst performance that he's ever had, and they still put up 185 points. Uh, on the back of Joe Burrow, who is continues to impress. Another 300-yard passing uh, performance, two passing touchdowns on 31 completions. Like I said, Cincinnati draws Jacksonville next week. It's not a scary defense by any means. Um, in fact, Jacksonville has given up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So you'll love the Joe Burrow play here. Um, you'll love Lamar Jackson on a rebound and uh and obviously, Keenan Allen got involved. 13 receptions, hundred and thirty two yards and a touchdown. Um, I don't know what's going on with Hollywood Brown. they're they're having a hard time getting him into the passing game, but I see a resurgence here. Um, I see a a great bounce back game for for definitely for Hollywood Brown. And then you don't even want to go and look at the wide or the running backs because it's just scary. Kamara puts up 47 and cook another 33. Um, it, it's just incredibly impress, impressive to see a a group put up that much by just two players, and so you gotta love where you're at if you're the dictator. Um, certainly, you know dropped one early uh, to your boy the Kingsmen, but they're clicking on all levels right now. This team is scary good, and I would look out for them uh, moving forward. Uh, now, fresh off of the the trade wire, we did have a Mambas. Trade with the Rough Riders for the first round draft pick in 2021, basically leveraging who's going to finish f- ahead of the other. Um, the Mamas are staring a one and two record right now. Same with uh, with the Rough Riders, and they've certainly been bit by the injury bug. Uh, Clyde edwards alaire continues to be that that almost hitting projection every single week. So I don't think we have to worry about him. Um, Wentz obviously is producing along with Tannehill. The questions really lie within the meat of this. And and that's where you've got your AJ Greens, your Kenny Gala days. Um, And and right inside of those wide receivers, again, we talked about it last week. I'm going to keep harping this at 20 to 30 points production between my receivers. It's really hurting the Mambas. Um, I do like the fact that, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor still is performing. The The tough part is that he played a awful Jets team and only produced 15 points. I was actually expecting close to a 40-point week, uh, as I know Tony probably was as well. So the fact that he missed his projection by six points, as well as Miles Sanders against a terrible Cincinnati team that gave up um, 30 points a pop to both Chubb and Hunt when they played it's a little disappointing to be sitting at 18 points. Um, And certainly we won't even get into the the Mark Andrews conversation where he's been non-existent for the past few weeks. So definitely difficult uh, for the Mambas and it it does raise some questions about what the future looks like there. Um, As we look ahead to week four, the Mambas draw a date with the Mile High Kings. Now that's going to be an important one uh, uh, for certainly for, for Mike and what this season actually looks like moving forward. He's certainly traded a lot and has loaded that team up. It is scary good, and I still believe probably the team to beat to the today. Um, but that is a, a big matchup for the Mambas. It's cer- certainly in a situation where if you go 1-3 in this league, your outlook at winning the title becomes very, very slim. So a big and important matchup for the Mambas moving into Week 4. The dictator draws the good guys. Again, like I said that earlier, is going to be probably – the game of the week. Our next matchup before we bring in our special guest is none other than the Kingsmen versus the Mile High Kings, a royal showdown. <laughs> And excited to say that the Kingsmen were the royal winners in this one coming out on top. Um, It was a very close game. Uh, The final score uh, of that matchup being the Kingsmen pulling the 180.65 victory over the Mile High Kings at 168.12. Now, I have to be honest with you guys. and I was texting Mike through this entire game that there was a moment where my team was just not performing. Uh, it was it was super frustrating. I was annoyed with how the Falcons were literally not moving to a ball in the second half. Uh, Darren Waller hadn't caught a pass. Julian Edelman was nowhere to be found. And so I decided it was time for me to put some years back on my life by going outside and actually working on a side project. Got a nice little 19, or 18, 1800s hutch that we're restoring and putting into the living room is going to be a a wonderful piece. And I was concentrating a lot of my frustration on that and decided to walk away from fantasy for a little bit. And I think that that was an opportunity for the fantasy gods to realize that I was trying to let it go and let nature take its course. And certainly it did um, as we rolled into a Monday night and a great finish by my, bo- by my boy uh, Tyreek Freak Hill uh, almost scored on the first play of the game uh, and then caught a touchdown eventually to seal the victory for the Kingsmen. Uh, obviously I, I, when you look at this team, we're, we're certainly backed by Russell Wilson. He's going to be the guy he's cooking and serving up touchdowns left and right. Matty Ice had a terrible performance in, in the first week uh, on being on the Kingsmen. I was disappointed across the board. I spent way too much, as Blake pointed out, but I am holding on to faith. I believe, okay, I believe that the, the Matty Ice-Calvin Ridley connection is going to pay off. Both of them came in at 17 points, lowest point total of the year. I got bit in the butt, but I'm not losing faith. Tyreek's going to be my guy. Nick Chubb puts up another nearly 30-point performance. Aaron Jones still doesn't even hit his projection. Um, I'm I'm very bullish, excited at where the team's at. I've got a tough matchup next week. As you we look over to the Malhek Kings, I mean, what's not to love about this team? From, from Josh Allen to Kyler Murray, um, again, Kyler Murray had an awful game in the sense of he threw three interceptions but still had two passing touchdowns. Um, and, and was just honestly phenomenal in and, and all other aspects, aside from those three picks, scored 30 points. If Kyler Murray is going to be a staple at 30 points and Josh Allen is going to be a staple at 40 points, this team is going to be very difficult to beat. Now, obviously, a doubtful Chris Godwin, I believe the latest reports out of Tampa Bay is that he will not be playing this next week. Um, obviously, addressing that in today's trade, Mike put in Tyler Lockett, Um, We have rearranged the game plan to now go away from both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to ensure that none of those guys are getting the touchdowns. It'll be interesting to see how Russ cooks without them. Uh, But also, uh, you've got, uh, I think, a very interesting play here. We've got Zeke and Kenyon Drake. Now, Zeke just missed his projection by about five points. The one I actually want to talk about is Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake has been somewhat underperforming the entire year. This is a hot take here. He's had trouble get going and still is producing 60, 80, 73 yards a game with touchdowns being quite scarce. But mark my words. This week, Kenyon Drake gets back on track versus Carolina, puts a monster stat line up just in time for a date with the Jets. Uh, We could see back-to-back weeks where Kenyon Drake is, is in the top 10 fantasy scoring running backs. I'm excited about that. Look forward to that, Uh, obviously, moving forward. Uh, Mike draws a a very interesting matchup for Week 4. He's got the Mambas. And I know we just talked about this, but I think this is a more important game for Mike than it is for the Mambas because the last thing that Mike wants to do is be uh, at a situation where he's 500 and has a long way to go. Looking up the ladder board, so it'll 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 be an interesting breakdown. Excited for what's going to to come out of it. Uh, we'll focus our energies on that next week. And now I'm very excited to announce our guest on today's show. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one because today I get to welcome on none other than the founder of Fantasy Gods West himself, 2012. Fantasy Gods West champion And this week's top score And the biggest margin of victory Hit Parade Ryan, welcome to the Kingsman Corner Thank you, Jacob It's
0: good to be here Uh, Thank you for having me on today
1: Now I gotta ask you um, you I've been in this league for a while Can't believe I don't know this already What is the origin of the name Hit Parade?
0: Well, Jake uh unfortunately it's it's not quite as sexy as uh, i'd like it to be uh fact of the matter is in in the uh original fantasy gods league that uh, this league uh, spawned from i was a late entrant and i needed a name and i was put on the spot and you know i figured hit that's good with football and then i think i looked up the definition of parade and it had something to do with some sort of spectacle of great you know pleasure and (laughs) i'm gonna be the hit parade and so that's
1: that's how it came about i got made fun of it pretty uh pretty good for a while there but
0: uh but now it's kind of stuck it's 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 now part of part of who we
1: are i love it no it's great i mean simple story um some of the best moments come under pressure Uh, i think it's a name that has Certainly carries uh, a lot with it. You just see the name, you know, Hit Parade. I just, from back in the original days of, uh, of joining this league, it was something that was just such a staple um, and a solid name. So I love it. I think it's awesome. And uh, I'm sure everyone else uh, enjoys hearing what the actual story behind that was. Um, hey, listen, c- congrats on uh, on the win. Um, obviously, in, in dominating fashion, you – beat one of three undefeated teams. Um it must feel good for you to get that first win.
0: It's always good to get the first one, uh get it off off of the table here. Uh, especially when you start 0 2, never good. Um so I mean I guess I guess I've got uh DJT to thank for making the hit parade great again. Uh, <laughs> shout out to him.
1: Definitely um,
0: but yeah, no, it was it was great to great to get rolling in the right direction. You know, it felt like I had a good team going into the season. Uh, you know, ran up against uh, a good performance by Tony week one, and uh, week two just uh, sort of fell apart there. Uh, but now, now I think we're rolling in the right direction.
1: No, it's and that's great to see. We actually had the chance to catch up with Team JT DJT uh, after the Thursday performance, uh, where you jumped out to a lead with Fitz Magic. Uh, so we're going to play a little sound bite from Team DJT about just kind of how he felt after that performance and as he was looking into the weekend ahead. May I get bigger, may get a little bigger, may not get bigger at all. We'll see what happens. But regardless of what happens, we're totally prepared. Uh, and there he was talking about the lead that you incurred. Wasn't sure if it was going to get bigger or not, but uh, he said he was totally prepared. You know, I don't think that he was. I don't think he was prepared for the parade and uh, and the parade definitely marched on there, so that's exciting. Um, let's let's move this conversation and talk about your quarterbacks. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something that might be very painful for you. That's that's my boy Mitch Trubisky. Um, he gets benched in the third quarter, uh, and it looks like for all intentions he has lost the job to Nick Foles. What does that mean for the hit parade? Does that mean that we get to see Kirk Cousins back in a starting role?
0: Well, we'll, we'll evaluate, you know, what we're going to do here this week. You know, I don't want to give anything away too early. Kirk is uh, definitely, you know, one of our leaders on the team, so uh, he's he's definitely chomping at the bit to get back in the starting lineup. You know, I don't know, Jake, why the Bears made the move they did as early as they did. I mean, it, it was obviously a move that. Uh, they had planned to make all along, and they right. just you know uh, Nagy needed a reason to to be able to pull the string on Trubisky. But a, a team that's two and zero, oh, and uh, in in a game, you know, it, it wasn't like they were out of out of reach of uh, winning that game. And uh, Trubisky's stats weren't really that bad. I mean, right. he had a pick, a touchdown, you know, uh, a sixty percent completion rate. Uh, I don't know. You know, like I said, I think he was ready to pull the string all along. I don't
1: know why they didn't just start Foles out of the gate. I know it's not like he was unbearable, um, but it, yeah. it, it it is. It's an interesting thought because Foles has this way of being this just lifer second string quarterback that comes in and makes these incredible plays, even going off and winning a Super Bowl. And and it just leaves you to question: Was that the intention all along? And if so, why why do we give Mitch two and a half games? It was very odd to see that. Yeah, it was a like like I said, I think I think that was the plan all along. Right now, the question is: Is Foles
0: going to step up? Uh, usually, when he's put in this spot, you know, things start to head in the wrong direction uh, when when uh, it's the regular season.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, let's not talk about that quarterback situation anymore. Let's talk about the awesome part, the Fitz magic. It strikes again. I mean, what a performance. What an exciting Thursday night game. We had the beard versus the stash, the age versus the youth. Um, were you surprised by Fitzpatrick's performance on Thursday night?
0: Boo. No, I wasn't surprised. Kidding <laughs> we? Fitz magic? I mean, listen, Jake, how do you want to start a parade? If you're going to start a parade on a Thursday, do you want to come out with, with guns a-blazing?
1: Right? Absolutely.
0: you got to come out of the gates hot. So, no, I wasn't surprised. I mean, listen, Fitzmagic on a Thursday night, I mean, we knew it was going to be sort of a, a, a gun show, right, with, uh, with uh, what's his name, Min Minshew. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we knew those guys were going to be going off. Um, you know, it is what it is. I wasn't surprised.
1: And, and kind of interesting looking at the stat lines. I mean, obviously you have two gunslingers and guys that are just so charismatic, people that you love to watch. Fitzpatrick throws uh, 18 completions out of 20 attempts, 160 yards only, so not a lot of yards, but two touchdowns and ran for another one. Uh, compared to Minshew, who was 30 for 42 with 275 and a pick, um, it just seemed also that the game flow really helped support uh, Fitzpatrick and and what the Dolphins did. Obviously good for the Dolphins to get on the board. And we actually have a sound clip from uh, Fitzmagic himself talking about this unique Florida rivalry between the, the beard and the stash. Let's go ahead and play that now. The mustache is his look. He rocks it. Uh, saw him in pregame warm up with the cutoff sleeves. I mean, he's got a good thing going, but I'll, I'll stick with the beard and the chest hair and – The, uh, you know, the senior citizen look. And there you have it from Fitzmagic himself, obviously super pumped. Um, uh, Something pumped about the victory and, uh, and what a great, just, I think, staple for you to get started on Thursday night um, and really make that kind of statement uh, early. It's so important in fantasy to make sure that you get at least one of your big guys off and running. Yeah. No, um as we Sorry. kind of move down the depth chart here or I should say position chart rather uh let's talk about Allen Robinson. Wow. Allen Robinson finally shows up. Allen Robinson catches 10 of his 13 targets for 120 yards plus a touchdown um in that Bears Street win which we already talked about. Um We're not going to talk about how the Falcons continue to collapse, but let's talk about like is Allen Robinson back? I mean, do we love the Foles Robinson combo more than we like the the Trubisky Robinson?
0: Yeah, I mean that's yet to be seen. I we've got uh, we feel good about the direction we're headed in, and I mean even in the first two weeks, Jake, it wasn't a matter of him not you know getting the targets, getting the looks. Uh, They just weren't great. Uh, throws or he wasn't making the grabs, but you know he's he's been a target monster. He was third in targets in twenty nineteen. He's six right now, and that's what you need. I I, I know that I'm going to get volume right. Robinson, and that's what I love. Um, so I'm not I'm not really worried about it. I think you know he's going to be fine. Uh, he had a couple bumpy weeks there and and one and two, but but I think we're in the right direction.
1: No, definitely. I mean, there there are certain arguments that volume. Is only as good as actually taking advantage, and I would use that argument against AJ Green. But when when people are throwing ten to fifteen times your way, you got to like your odds. If you're a betting man and fantasy tends to be a betting man's game, you just got to like the odds that are presented in front of you for that. Yep. Yeah. No. I mean, it's 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 a good thing to have. I know I
0: know the ball's coming, so we've got opportunities, and I think uh, Allen's going to take advantage of them.
1: I agree. I agree, and I think I th- I actually personally think the Foles combo just seems that Foles has ability to air out a little bit more. He might make more mistakes in Trubisky, but I just have this gunslinger mentality about Foles, and I think it's going to benefit Robinson in the long run more than a, a Trubisky connection might have. Uh, but yeah. time will tell, you know.
0: Time will tell.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's move on to running backs. Wow, uh, and I said this from day one. Uh, Austin Eckler was on my first dud of the week. Okay. And he's turned it around the last two p- two weeks. He's been fantastic. But I'm going to stand by what I said in week one that Austin Eckler is not the Austin Eckler of 2019 in a Tide Rod Taylor offense. Obviously, with Herbert in the game, things are much different. He's been in the game the past two weeks, and Austin Eckler is back in true, if not better, 2019 form. Um, you know, I, as you look at, at that, and you look at Derrick Henry, who rushed for 26 times for 119 yards with two touchdowns and a big win over the Vikings. You know he's a solid guy every single week. Um, I, I just love to get your comments on on your running backs thus far.
0: I mean, I'm I'm thrilled with our situation at running back. Um, I mean, we we came into this year wanting to have sort of a studly backfield. And I, I think without question, coming out of this week, everybody knows that uh, the hit parade's backfield is, is one to be reckoned with. Um, yeah, Eckler, you know, out of week one, there were definitely some concerns. Um, you know, he just, just didn't seem like he was going to have the same opportunities uh, that he did when Rivers was there last year. Um, but with Herbert in there, you're right, Jake. I mean, it's, it's been a different Austin Eckler and uh, certainly one that we're excited to see. Well, uh, and then Henry's Henry, right? I mean, yeah, he, he's just a monster. I mean, we're we're still in good weather, you know, September, October. Wait until this guy really gets rolling. Yeah, uh, when we get into cold weather games, and you know, the Titans are just grinding people down.
1: And that's what they do. And, and <laughs> I mean, if I had to pick someone in all of the NFL he's going to be up there as far as the last person I would want to try and tackle it's it's scary it's scary that a human being can be as big and as fast as that man it's it's actually hard to comprehend
0: yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's as if James Harrison is the running
1: back. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, he'd he probably be the first person I wouldn't want to tackle. <laughs> if, if he had the ball running at me, I think I would, I would definitely just lay on the ground, get into the fetal position. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the correct option.
1: Yeah. Um, so, okay. We talked about kind of the starting running backs per se, but then I actually want to talk about next your first round pick and the number two overall two pick in the, in the draft. And, Certainly, probably someone that's closer to your heart as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. James Conner has his breakout game. Uh, your three running backs combined for over 90 points, which was highest in the league. Was this more of a sigh of relief uh, for you being like, oh, there we go, we finally got Conner in? Or is the verdict still out on on Conner if he's going to contribute at this level for the rest of the season?
0: Yeah, I mean, we were very excited to get Connor at uh, number two. Um, definitely had him on the radar the entire off season. Um, you know, he's a guy again, uh, much like a Rob. It's all about volume with Connor. You know that he's the workhorse back, um, and so you know we we appreciated that fact about him. Um, I mean, the, the knock on the guy is that you know he's injury prone, right? So he's sure. he's missed. Games in each of his first three seasons. He missed six games last year. Uh, he went out in week one this year. Uh, you know, which certainly gave us a scare. But, um, but no, I mean, if if you watch the games, Jake, the way that uh, Connor runs, I mean, it's it's a committed, you know, type runner. He's he's yeah. downhill and uh, he's can catch the ball out of the backfield, and you know, both of those things we love. Eighteen touches and week two 22 and week three um, I mean the guy's averaging take away the first week right sure and he's averaging over 125 yards and a TD in every game and you know I think that's what we're gonna get out of him when he's on the field
1: I agree and I think that Pittsburgh clicking right now obviously they've got a big uh, a big game lined up this week but uh, I think just across the board from what you've seen Connor despite the injury like uh, Benny Snell stepped in and had a nice game one. But, I mean, Mike Tomlin made it very clear. Like, James Conner's the guy. He's going to be the guy in Pittsburgh. He's going to get the catches. Obviously, he's got the Big Ben connection. Um, And I think that all of that clicking just pushes forward a James Conner agenda that the hip parade are going to like for the rest of the year. Absolutely. Um, One more thing to get to you before we look at next week's outlook – I don't know if you were able to see there was reports of COVID in the Tennessee Titans training camp. I believe there was eight total, um, somewhere in the neighborhood of three to five staff and players and a mix of those. Uh, Both Tennessee and Minnesota shut things down today. Um, What are your thoughts about that, seeing as that you have two Minnesota Vikings players and uh, one of the Tennessee Titans players?
0: And a Pittsburgh Steeler who happens to play Tennessee. Correct. Yeah, there's no question we are concerned. <laughs>
1: um,
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it would be a monster blow if, if those two games don't go on Sunday. Um, but, but from all of the reports I'm hearing, you know, the NFL is uh, certainly working hard to try and make sure those games happen. Right. Um, you know, despite uh, the current news that's out there. Uh, looking to maybe push the Pittsburgh game to Monday so huh? uh, which makes it even dicier, uh for hit parade operations we got to figure out you know do we take the risk of waiting on Monday games um, so yeah it's uh, it it's putting some major uh, hurt
1: on on our uh, Planning for this weekend for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see how things come out, and obviously watch closely, and and uh, hopefully, as far as contact tracing goes, and, and ultimately whatever comes out of some of those reports, and, and both the the Minnesota and Tennessee camps. Um, I mean, I'm just hoping football marches on, uh, as as I'm sure you are as well. Uh, speaking of marching on, um, next week you draw a nice family rivalry: the Rough Riders. Um, The ride has certainly been rough over the past two weeks for the Rough Riders, certainly losing key players. How do you make sure that this time next week, the Hit Parade marches on and is sitting at 500? Well, we're going to have
0: to make some good moves. We're going to have to put in the right people. And right now we're working on trying to figure that out, Jake. I mean, (laughs) uh... (laughs) Uh, Not
1: going to give away the secret sauce. (laughs) Well, there's
0: no question that, you know, Kevin's got a great team. He's got some guys that are banged up. Um, So, certainly, you know, we're not going to see McCaffrey, you know, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, Looks like Adams is, you know, still in a questionable state. Um, but, you know, to your last point on the COVID, Hip Parade's got a lot of issues right now as well. So, um, you know, on top of the COVID situation, uh, Jimmy G is, you know, uh, trying to recover from the sprained ankle. And, uh, you know, Mullins looked pretty darn good last week. So I don't know that they're going to be in a rush to get him back in there. Um, so we got question marks. Um, you know, I said I wasn't going to give it out, but – You know, I'll give one out. Cousins is definitely starting. You know why? (laughs) Why? It's October, baby. It's October. Uh, If you look at Cousins last year, right? He he had a rough start. Yep. uh, To the year, I believe he was out on the waiver wire. He uh, was some point at the end of September. Um, Who picked him up
1: off the waiver wire?
0: I, I want to say it was this guy that's got this sweet podcast. <laughs> <on right now. laughs>
1: oh boy, I, I gotta say that was just blind luck that I picked him up and ended up having I think I had to start him for some reason. and it was when he just hit his stride and I think over the course of the next month, uh, all of October, he was one of the best performing quarterbacks. So, hey, he we're had a smoke in October. He did uh, So hey, if you're timing it right, shoot, you might be hitting the stride perfectly. The cousin's yeah. October.
0: That's right. So yeah, so so we'll get Kirk back in there, and then you know, like I said, we're gonna have to do some uh, some hard study here to figure out you know who, who the right guys are gonna be this week for us, uh, and and we gotta hope that the uh, the liberal agenda doesn't keep us uh, uh, short handed here uh, with the COVID situation.
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, Donald Trump just claimed uh, in the national debate that he is the one who brought back football. So we certainly are thankful for that, whether that was DJT or not. <laughs> um, hit parade. we thank you for joining the Kingsman Corner Podcast. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Uh, really proud of you, buddy. I think uh, you're doing a great job with the Kingsman Corner.
1: Appreciate How's it. it? All right, appreciate it. Good luck next week. Thank you. Well, that'll do it from the Kingsman Corner Podcast. Week three is in the books. Stamp them, seal them. Congratulations to all of our week three winners. Uh, Those winners include yours truly, the Kingsman. Also, Hater Nation, who gets himself into the win category. The Good Guys, rolling a two-game winning streak. Hit Parade, who we just heard from. And the Dictator, who is definitely rolling himself. Got a surprise announcement. We are now moving to twice-a-week podcast. I have a guest who is coming on the show. It's going to co-host the entire show with me. It's a different flavor and a different spin. We're going to be looking at the fantasy week ahead instead of doing a review. That gives us an opportunity to bring in someone from outside of Fantasy Gods West. I'm super excited about it. Make sure you guys tune in. Thanks so much. Have a great week and good luck to everybody. I tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. I
0: had to fall to
1: lose it all, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. I tried so hard and got so far. In the end,
0: it doesn't even matter